what you say? It's your favorite auntie. Hey, a lot has went on over the weekend. And I plan on getting all into it. Letting you guys know what is really going on. It's a drought in America, y'all. Yes, a drought in America. Uh-huh, we're going to talk about that. And Donald Trump is making headlines once again in the news. And from what I hear, student loan forgiveness has been blocked. Mm-hmm, you heard it right, blocked. And your boy Kanye West, he just will not stop. He is on fire. And I want to tell y'all what he said lately. So please listen up and listen clearly because I plan on dropping these gems like diamonds. Donald Trump, guys, let's talk about Donald Trump. And whether if you like the man or not, you have to be honest and say he has a way of making headlines. And this weekend, he made plenty of them. So let me just go ahead and say that if you don't know about this lying ad video thing that is going viral by him, you is missing out because it is very, very comical. The thumbnail for the ad, and this happened, I want to say on like Wednesday or Thursday. And for those that do not know, Donald Trump has a social media platform called Truth Social. And on that social media platform, he came out with this ad. Some people are calling it an ad. I don't know if it's just like a public announcement or an ad. Some people are saying it's an ad because he's still in the political arena and he may be running again. And so he's doing some type of advertisement. So whether you call it an ad or, like I say, a public announcement, um, it's, it's, it's a head turner. It is definitely a head turner. First of all, let's start with the thumbnail of this video. The thumbnail in itself is very comical and over the top. It has Donald Trump dressed in a robe, like a royalty robe of red, white, and gold. He's dressed in this big, long, Kingsman-type um, robe sitting on a throne with two lions next to him. And that that's enough to make you like, okay, now what is he doing? What What is really going on? So I happened to listen to the ad. And in the ad, it is a monologue of... It is a monologue from the Pool House Junkies um, talking about the um, poking a lion, provoking a lion, how hyenas and jackals po- um, poke the lion, how, you know, even the lioness poked this lion or whatnot. And there's a lot of um, metaphors that's going on in this and symmetry and all of that good stuff that's going on in this in this clip, in this video. And there's a lot of critics too. Those that don't like Donald Trump is saying, okay, this video is, um, again, he's provoking violence. And why would he talk about his, 
wife that way because in the monologue it talks about the lioness even um poking at the lion and a lot of people are saying okay he washed up why is he doing this again why is he doing an ad again don't he know he can't run again and so on that's a lot of critics now a lot of people that are for trump it's like Okay, is does this mean that Trump is running again? What is going on? Is does that mean that he is about to give us some information that we did not know, or is he's about to make some waves? Um, and because they um provoked him, they uh, poked at him and poked at him and whatnot. So it's a lot to be said in this ad, and. I don't know where he's going with it. I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't know where he's going with this this ad. I was able to see it. And I was also took a moment to step back. And I just did not look at the video at all. I listened to it without um, looking at it. Meaning I listened to the words of the monologue. And I didn't look at the actual video. And... When I'm looking at the, when I'm listening to the monologue, I'm like, this is a good monologue. I, there's a lot of good takeaways from this monologue. Like, I'm like, this is a good monologue. I really get it. But what I did not get now in the, in the, in the ad, in the video, it has a lot of clips of President Trump during his presidency doing a lot of things, um, a lot of good things, actually. And when you look at it and you listen to the monologue, I don't know which way to go. I really don't know what is he saying. I don't know what the end message that he's trying to give us. What are you, because there is so much metaphors in the monologue and so much going on with the clips. I don't know where he's going. I'm lost as to what 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 are you what are you saying i understand the monologue but i don't understand where you're going with this president trump i really don't know now not too long ago he did a um another video and i think that was around like july august he did a um he did a another video that he put out called a nation in decline and in that video it was about basically the nation being in decline since you know joe biden took over um the nation hasn't been the same the gas prices have gone up we've gone to war uh taxes has gone up uh inflation has gone up and stock market has gone down and blah 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 now in that video you clearly understand. Now, whether or not you agree with him is a different thing, but you understand what he is saying in that video. Now, with this lion one, you don't know what, I, at least I don't. And maybe somebody need to tell me. Uh, somebody that knows Trump, tell me what he trying to get out of this one. I don't know where he is going. But y'all go and check this video out. Y'all let me know what y'all think about it. Now, I'm not done with President Trump. Now, he did that video, but that happened on like um, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. So on Friday, on Friday, he was subpoenaed. 
to testify in front of the January 6th committee. Now, now, if you don't know what the January 6th committee is, you're going to have to go back and do your own research because I really, it's so much that happened with Trump that I cannot go back to go for it. You're going to have to do your own research and find out who's on that committee, what they talking about, what happened so far, and all of that good stuff. So, anywho, he was subpoenaed to um, show up in front of the January 6th committee. Now, some may say that um he he may show up he may not show up some say that he needs to show up because his homeboy Steve Bannon was supposed to show up bet- uh, with the before the January 6th committee Steve Bannon was supposed to show up in front of the January 6th committee and he did not show up And that also happened Friday, where Steve Bannon was supposed to show up. And on Friday, he got a sentence from the judge of four months in jail. And he has to pay a $6,500 fee. Now, that's happened with Steve Bannon. Now, okay. Now, I know you're probably wondering who is Steve Bannon. Now, Steve Bannon is a former investment guy. He's a former, um, also he did a couple of films. He was in Hollywood. He was a director and, but later on in life, he got into politics and he was a, um, strategist. And that's what Donald, well, that's what drew Donald Trump to Steve Bannon. So while Steve, I mean, not Steve, but while president Trump was running for office, Steve Bannon was his um, chief strategist. And then after President Trump was elected president, Steve Bannon was um, worked for him for seven months as um, a strategist and also like a chief advisor, counselor, kind of guy to the president. Now, this is where it gets kind of kind of weird if you for lack of better words is Steve Bannon and President Trump they had a little rocky relationship now most people think of Steve Bannon and President Trump as ace coon spoons but what really happened is Steve Bannon only worked for Trump um for 7 months 7 to 8 months when he first became the president And then after that, he left and he went to do some other work with another Republican um, that was running for, I want to say mayor. Don't quote me on that. I'm not quite sure. But and then he also wrote a book and he kind of was like dissing President Trump and him and President Trump had some public words back and forth. Okay, now. This is why I say it was, you know, it was an on and off kind of rocky relationship is because a couple of years later, I guess they had resolved their issues and Steve Bannon came back on to be President Trump's um, advisor, counselor, you know, and Steve Bannon also testified before the committee and 
on the on the still dossier now if y'all know about the still dossier y'all gotta go back and, and look all that stuff up i'm not going into that either because that's not where i'm really trying to go with this i'm just trying to give you a little background on who steve Bannon is to tell you that homeboy was supposed to show up to the january 6th committee and he said he ain't got time for that uh, he basically told them, um, you got what you need, you do what you're going to do. I ain't got time for that. And he didn't show up. And because he didn't show up, he was sentenced to four months in jail and he has to pay a little fee. Now that happened on Friday. Now what also happened on Friday is that Trump was subpoenaed to show up to the January 6th committee. Now, some say that he's not going to show up. Some say that he has to show up, you know, because look at his homeboy that just got, you know, um, sentenced for time in jail. Like, could that happen to President Trump that he will get sentenced to jail if he doesn't show up to this committee? Now, what he's supposed to do now, a lot of people are asking, okay, what, why are they, why, why did they sub- subpoena um, Donald Trump? What is he supposed to be doing? Now, in the subpoena, he's supposed to bring some documents. And, and them documents basically supposed to be receipts. And a recipe, the receipt's supposed to have, or rather, a not, why he think that he won the 2020 election. That's what's supposed to be in them documents. Because basically they're saying, the January 6th committee is saying that Donald Trump provoked. He was the main person that provoked. Um, that's the argument. That he is the personally responsible for making or made these people. He was the overseer of the invasion of the Capitol. That's the argument. So on 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 November 4th, they subpoenaed him for November 4th to show up with his receipts. And then on November 14th, he's supposed to testify, like answer some questioning, you know, you know, say his thoughts, go over what happened on that day. Now, I don't know if the man going to show up or not. I don't know if Donald Trump is going to show up or not. But it makes you wonder because if your homeboy just got some time for not showing up, if you don't show up, you might go to jail. Now, what uh, what he could do. Now, there's two ways that this can go. He can show up and simply plead the fifth. He don't have to say nothing. He don't have to, you know, incriminate himself. He can just plead the fifth. He can show up with his little, um, he can just submit his little receipts and, be gone by his or he don't even have to um show no receipts he can just basically make a statement he can just say a statement and he can be done now others are saying well you know if you don't show up then you're gonna go to jail um that's very much true but a lot of people are saying that you know donald trump got a lot to say he did come up with this ad so you poking him you just you just provoking him basically don't mess with this lion. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but we're definitely going to have to look at all of that as that unfolds. Now, that both of those happened on Friday. Now, if you couldn't if you couldn't do anything else to make yourself more relevant, Donald Trump said, "Well, y'all did that on Friday." <laughs> 
Y'all subpoenaed me on Friday. Y'all mess with my homeboy on Friday. I know how I'm going to get y'all back. I'm going to throw the biggest rally that I have ever thrown in my history on Saturday. And that's what he did. He had, they, they said there was over 5,000 people at this rally. Now, everybody could not get into the space of where he was, but there were people outside tailgating and they said it was a big shebang. Now, I didn't have the privilege of going, so I have to just believe what they said. They said that there was 5,000 people, everything was cool, and they, he had a rally right before their early voting is about to start in Texas. And so, what I, like I said, I wasn't able to go there, but I did watch some of it, and I also... um saw clips of it now at this rally and and that's why i say trump is trump is really really he he's really playing some psychological games here now in this at this rally he played clips of joe biden basically saying that he that we need to vote him in again when i say he I'm saying that he showed a clip, Donald Trump showed a clip of Joe Biden making a statement or a goofball statement saying that we as Americans have to vote Donald Trump back in. Now, that's not what Joe Biden was trying to say, but you know, Joe Biden gets all jumbled up in his words or whatever and misspeak and all of that, that he made a goofball move and he said that. Now, you gonna play this in front of five thousand people after I just subpoenaed you? Like I have no words for you, and that's why it's making everybody upset. Is because they're like nothing that I am doing to this man is phasing him. Nothing that I'm doing to this man is slowing him down. Nothing that I'm doing to this man is shutting him up. And. I have to say, y'all kind of making him relevant because although he has a social media platform, ain't nobody really on Truth Social. Come on, let's be real. Who's on Truth Social? You ain't really on Truth Social unless you really like the man like that. So you're not really seeing his, you know, comments or or tweets. I don't want to say tweets because that's Twitter, but so um, Truth Social is kind of like Twitter. You're not really seeing any of his comments or statements unless you're on there. So a lot of people ain't really seeing that. So how is this man still relevant? Because y'all keep making him relevant. Y'all keep bringing him up. You keep making people want to find out more information about him. Okay, so what what is he going to say at his next rally? You know what I mean? Now, now, which I... I thought was very, very strange. Um, All the way up until May of this year, they were doing, um, uh, they were having his, some of his rally played on the news. Now, what I recently saw in these recent rallies that just came up is that they're not playing his rallies on the news, but people are still showing up to the point where over, 5,000 people showed up in Texas, the biggest rally he has ever had, 
right after he showed that lion clip. And I guess y'all thought y'all was going to shut him up by um, sending a subpoena. And he's not, he's not, he's not playing that. Now, what I will, I just to go back onto this lion ad. Now, it's very comical. Like I said, the thumbnail is very comical. If you, if you see it, it is literally Donald Trump sitting on a throne with two lions next to him and with gold, everything around him and him in this white, red and gold robe showing his kingship off. Now, it's very, very comical. And again, I don't know where he is going with it. But what I will say about that ad is it is a psychological game he's playing. Because even though you don't know where he's going with this ad, it's staying in your it's staying in the in, in the corner doors of your brain to be like, okay, I gotta pay attention to this man because something is up. Something is up. Whether he's gonna run again, whether he has a bombshell news that he's about the breaking news that he's about to give us, or he something he's about to bring up about another political um counterpart or uh, uh um whatever it may be colleague is what I was trying to see, say another political colleague, whether it's that or whatever it may be. That ad got you thinking. That ad got you wondering. That ad got you wanting more Trump. And yeah, so all of that happened on Friday and Saturday with the whole January 6th um, subpoena and Steve Bannon. Now, going back to the January 6th, um, just so I won't get ahead of myself a little bit. So um, the January 6th committee with the subpoena that they asked for him to do. Now, this is what's up. Um, Nancy Pelosi said Donald Trump is not man enough to show up. She said Donald Trump isn't man enough to show up now. Now, this is what Nancy Pelosi said. And is it that she poking that lion? I'm just saying. Because where I'm from, in the streets, that's fighting words. You gonna say, what, 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 you, what you trying to say? You get what I'm saying? But that's what she said. She said that Donald Trump is not man enough to show up. I don't know. Now, Steve Bannon. Now, um, I want to let y'all know that Steve Bannon is still a free man um, because he did appeal the the sentencing that he got. And and so he's a free man until after that hearing or that trial for the appeal. So all of that happened over the weekend with um, Donald Trump. So fast forward to Monday. Monday, for you that don't know, is that, oh, let me go back to this rally. I meant to tell you that because this is another reason why this rally was the, the fact that he played that clip, okay, of Joe Biden saying that was like, oh, my gosh, what a goof. But what also got people like all they feathers all, you know, their feathers all bothered and their pennies all twisted is that he said in this 
um, he hinted at the fact that he may be running for president again. What he said is, now in order to make the country successful and glorious again, I will probably have to do it again. And the crowd goes wild. That people were standing up. They was cheering. They was applauding. I mean, it was like the whole stadium just went bonkers over that one statement. Like everybody was like, okay, I knew that was the lion video. I knew that's why he brought out that lion video. I mean, everybody just went woohoo over those statements. Now, I don't know if the man is going to run again. You still don't know because even though he said it, you really don't know. Because prior to him saying that, he was basically saying all these things that's happened in America that went wrong. That Joe Biden is doing this and this, this and that. Then he plays the video of Joe Biden making that goofball message. And he's basically saying that if... This administration doesn't get it together, which is time for them to get it together in Trump eyes. You know, that's time he may have to do it again. He probably going to have to do it again, you know, but that's only if they don't get it together. I'm just saying. So, yeah, that this is why everybody is so up upset is because they don't know where he's going with the lion video they you know he got subpoena and it didn't shut him up he had this rally and he basically made a mockery of um joe biden's joe biden and his administration and then on top of that he hints that he is going to run again and a lot of people saying well if he does if the january 6th committee does say that he um was wrong for what he what he did can he run again yes he can yes he can he can run again the committee um is they're just basically coming out with was he wrong or was he not wrong basically but he can run again um i could do another video on the breakdown of that to let you guys know about that now if now could Donald Trump go to jail because his homeboy just went to jail or whatnot if he doesn't show up? Now that's a question. Now whether or not he can run again, yes or no, but whether or not if he can go to jail, that's another thing. He can run again, but will it, it Will he go to jail for not showing up to this committee is a whole nother topic in itself. So um, just moving forward to Monday. So all of that happened on, on, you know, Friday and Thursday, Friday, Saturday. On Monday, um, for those that do not know, Donald Trump is having a, um, his, company the trump organization is having a trial for tax fraud now i'm just going to give you a little bit of information on the story of this whole tax fraud situation the tax fraud situation is that his cfo um was basically saying that he was making less money than he actually was by doing a 15-year scheme where he received gifts in the sense of 
rent, tuition, leases uh, for cars and things like that, trips and so on. He received these incentives or these gifts from the company and he didn't say that he was getting these gifts in these amounts, but he's so it, he made his salary look smaller. So basically he got a salary, but on top of his salary, he got maybe some tuition for his kids or his rent was paid for three months or four months, or he got to lease a car. But all of that stuff is part of his salary and it should have gone to you know, it should have been said that he received these monies. It was never on the books that he received these monies. So he pays, he basically pled guilty for it. And, and now the organization, the Trump organization is now going to court to say that their whole organization was behind this scheme. Now, rather you, rather he, 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 you believe that Trump knew or didn't know? That's the argument that's going to be having to be dealt with on in court. But the thing that gets me is that the CF the CFO already pled guilty to doing it. Now the CFO is supposed to be the main person that is going to testify in this trial about whether or not the Trump family, meaning. Or you know, the Trump owners, meaning Trump, his sons, and his daughter, knew about these incentives and these gifts and all of this stuff, and that they purposefully uh, said his his um, salary was something that it really wasn't. Now that's what they're going to trial for, and this CFO that already pled guilty is supposed to be the main person. Now, it could go two ways. The CFO could say, no, he had Trump and their family had nothing to do with it. That, you know, basically it it was him that did this 15 year scheme. Or he could have a lot to say. We don't know, but we shall. We shall see how it play out. Now. I don't care again what y'all feel about Donald Trump. He's going to make y'all remember his name. He's going to, I mean, the, the things that he is doing is to be talked about for generations. Because the man seems to be unbothered by y'all coming at him. He came and told y'all to stop poking him in the video. So y'all said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and subpoena you. Y'all mess with his friend and he told y'all to stop doing that. But y'all continue to do that. So he said, okay, let me do my rally and make a shameful name for y'all. And he did that. And now y'all are doing this whole tax fraud. But one thing I do know is that y'all not finna mess with his money. He's made that very clear a very long time ago. So, and y'all not gonna mess with his mega or MAGA movement. Because whether you like him or not, his movement and what he stands for, Make America Great Again, is still going on and on and on and on. And that, between his organization and his political MAGA movement, those two things that this man, he's die hard on. 
And he's not going to back down from him. And some people like that about him. Matter of fact, in some ways, that's what makes him intriguing. In some ways, that's what make people want to know more about what's going on with Trump because he's not backing down. Now, whether he's wrong or not with this tax fraud situation and whether or not he show up to this January 6th committee and what and what the outcome of that may be is to be determined. But what I do know is he's still relevant because if he wasn't relevant, this January 6th, y'all would have just said, okay, he did what he did and that's it. He's never to be washed up again. He's an old president that, well, let's just get over him. But no, y'all continue to make him relevant over and over and over and over again. Y'all helping him with his own advertisement, if you ask me. I mean, if that's, (laughs) but what I do know is Trump, over this week and this weekend told y'all he's not bothered. I'm not bothered. That's basically what he was saying. I am not bothered. Bring it. Water, please. Can I get some water? (laughs) I'm making a joke, but um, let's be serious. America is in a drought a drought y'all like we ain't got no water like what we gonna get our next cup of water from uh i'm about to hit y'all with a whole bunch of statistics and a whole bunch of information and don't um turn that dial don't get bored because i'm going somewhere with it so as of october 18 2022 49% of the us is in a drought and that makes 43%, I mean, 43 states that are experiencing some type of drought. And for those that don't know, there is a meter on the drought level. It's called D0 to D5. So that's six different types of drought levels. And 43% of um, I keep saying percent, but I want to say 43 states um, are experiencing one of those six types of droughts. Now, back in May, April, May, I ran across an ad about Lake Mead, which is the Colorado River. And um, a lot of people go out on this Lake Mead to go fishing, to go boating and, you know, and just enjoy themselves and hang out. Well, I ran across an article back then that said that the uh, river was drying up. And so that was earlier this year that that happened. And I when I seen the article, of course, I didn't think too much of it at the time, but it it was enough for me to say, let me put a pin in that. Let me put a thumbnail in that because that might be going somewhere. And, and so that's what I did. Now, I've been going back and forth, you know, looking up information on it because it was very relevant to me at the time. And... So this is what I have collected, the information I've collected about this Colorado uh, River, Lake Mead. And 
I'm not going to do any justice here. You're really going to have to go and do your um, own research. Oh, I shouldn't even say research. Go see your own pictures. Because right here is not gonna it's not gonna give you no pictures of what is really going on with the Lake Me. Like when you see them pictures, you're gonna be like, Oh, now I get what she's saying. I see why she like, oh my goodness. So with the Lake Mead, for those that don't know, the Colorado River runs through California, Arizona, of course, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, Nevada, and Wyoming. And that reservoir supplies 40 million people um, with water. And it is considered to be the largest reservoir that we have in America. And right now it is at a 27%. Did you hear me? Right now it's at 27%. The reservoir is at 27%. Not 50%. Not, you know, just below 50, 40, you know, percent, 45, 49. No, it's at 27 percent. And it's supposed to supply 40 million people at 27 percent. And they say this drought is because it's it's hotter than normal and it hasn't been raining. It hasn't been raining as often. Um, But. What is interesting about this Lake Mead is that there has been, it's been so low that areas that you weren't able to walk on, you're now able to walk on because there isn't any water. And so they've been finding a lot of interesting stuff out there. Um, so far, they have found human and animal skeletons out there in that river. Um, in May, they found a barrel a, a barrel with the body of a human of a man they say that was shot between the 70s and 80s they say it could have been like um a mob kind of mob boss kind of thing that went on back in Nevada back in that time they don't really know but he was shot in the 70s or 80s and he was left in a barrel and he sunk to the bottom of the um lake and they just found his body and then a week after that, two sisters were out there um, boating and they ran on two sets of human remains. And then this summer, um, there was a sunken boat that was found and they said it was in the era of the World War era. Um, not quite sure if it was World War One or World War Two, but it was in some kind of World War era where they found this boat in the water. Now, there's also pictures of another boat. And that's why I say you got to go look at these pictures now. You got to go see this now. Just don't take it from me now. Your auntie telling you to go out there and look at these pictures. Because um, it it's amazing now. Now, there's a boat that's out there that is literally standing straight up. So, it's not laying down on the ground. It is sunken into the the the, so, the ground, the soil that was mud. You know, it hit the bottom of this lake and it was standing straight up. Now, that the pictures of that um, boat has been taken over um, six months span and the water level from that boat has gone down and down and down and down. Now there's a picture that just was like that this one, um, 
this one YouTuber had taken that I had been looking at his stuff because he, you know, he was the main person that was on this Lake Mead thing and he could actually go out there and go boating out there. He was taking, he was going, every time he went out there, he would take a picture of this boat. Now, for one, you know that the water level had gone down low because now there there was a boat that was standing straight up that you could not see before and you would not run into if you was boating. You wouldn't run in, you wouldn't you wouldn't run into it because the water level was that high and it was sticking straight up. Now you can see this boat. You can see the top of this boat head that is is standing up. Now you can see that whole entire boat. All they need to do now is basically dig around it, the the sand and the mud and stuff to get this boat from out of the sand. You can see this whole entire boat. So that lets you know how far this water has gone down. Now, um, that's quite interesting. And they also found a B-29 plane. Um, that's not reachable. That wasn't reachable. This plane had crashed. I don't know when it crashed, but it was, it, the plane name was B-29 and uh, now it's reachable. So before they, they knew about this plane a long time ago that this plane had went down, but they could not get to it because of course the water level was so high and you would have to go all the way down to the bottom of the, um, this this lake which is a very steep lake to get to it but now it is reachable they can get to it and also boating now they now they have lines and lines for hours and hours um letting you know or expecting I should say not letting you know but inspecting your boat to see if your boat will even um qualify to be taken into the water of this lake because the lake is so low that you can't have those big boats like you did before. Um, And they say these waits are like four to five hours just to get on this lake. And a lot of people now are going out on this lake to go boating out of curiosity, not necessarily. Oh yeah, they like boating, but a lot of it's becoming a tourist attraction because people want to see these barrels. A lot of barrels are um, coming up. A lot of human remains are coming up and people, people want to be like, Oh, look what I found over here. I found, you know, a human remain over here. They want to be the person that say they found something so they can get all that publicity. And not only that, they want to see these boats, I mean, I told you about the one boat that's sticking straight up, but there's plenty other boats too um, that are out there. So it's becoming a tourist attraction. Um, so I did look at this one photo, like I told you, of this one YouTuber that had pictures of the water level. Now he did a um, picture of a what of the water level. And a month times lapse. The the water, the water. I'm not saying the water was high, but when I say there was a significant, I'm not saying like um. It went from like a pool to a jacuzzi. 
I mean, that's how, and, and even me saying from a pool to a jacuzzi does not explain the decrease in the water that was, that you can see on this lake. It, it was very significant. And that was only a month's time that this water was like this. So, and then also, um, I f- another thing that I found interesting about this Lake Mead is that the Lake Mead had a, uh, there was a town years ago, um, decades ago. I don't know how much long ago it was, but the, um, they really don't know the name of the town because the lake had flooded this town and, um, and so now that the lake is now drying up, the town is coming back. So they're seeing like the the buildings and it's real it's real cool, guys. It's real cool. I'm not saying I'm not trying to make the fact that we're in a drought sound like, oh my gosh, it's a cool thing that we're in a drought. But no, I'm saying it's bringing up some some interesting stuff. Y'all need to go check that out. So it's a ghost town that was underwater that now has emerged, basically. And to see the pictures of that, where, you know, this whole town basically got flooded out from this lake is now you're seeing that there was actually people here that built things that, you know, that the civilization was basically here. And that is quite interesting in itself. So that's on that coast. But if you go over to the Mississippi River. Now, the drought, there's another drought that's also happened. I just told you about Lake Mead and all the cool stuff over there at Lake Mead, but there's also a drought that is happening in the Mississippi River. And everybody knows about the Mississippi River, but a few people know about the Lake Mead. And what you don't know about Lake Mead is actually that is how they got the, um, the Hoover Dam is actually controlling that water from that's coming from Lake Mead. So if you ever been there and you ever seen that and you ever done that, you can you'll know you'll you know what I'm talking about. But the Mississippi River happens to be the second reservoir, second largest reservoir that the United States have. And the Mississippi River runs through uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, um, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alaska, um, Mississippi, also in Louisiana. So that's what the that's what the Mississippi River runs through. And see the difference in the the Mississippi River versus the Colorado or uh, Lake Mead is that most of our crops and most of our trans things that we transport comes from is transported through the Mississippi River, and it is said that um three hundred and seventy three million crops are in a drought due to this river. So this river is used to for our cropping and stuff like that. It's also used for our supply chain. It also supplies the cor- the corn and the soybean soybean and half of the wheat travels through this Mississippi River. So 
with this water supplies most of our cropping area in that region. Okay. But on top of that, it also allows us to move that crop from down this river to different places in America. Not only does it, and now, like I said, it does the soybean, does the corn, and it does the wheat, but it also does other goods too. And again, you you really got to go and look at the pictures online of this, the Mississippi River going down and how they're trying to get these um, big barrels of goods and they're basically stuck in in place because there's not enough water flow to go to make this uh river to make it stream you know stream down the river they're basically stuck there and a lot of boats are stuck also um and because when they're because they these boats are also used to transfer goods and transport, I'm sorry, transport goods also. And they cannot have as many boats as they used to have out there because the water level is so low and it's hard to get these boats to to move it. Like you really got to go see it because it's quite interesting to um, actually visually see it in a video of how they're getting stuck and things of that nature. Now, in Baton Rouge, there was a ferry or a ship um, that they found from 1915. The water levels have gotten so low that they was able to find the ship that had sunk. And this ship or this ferry was um, from the 1915s. From 1915. So now it's making the supply chain, it's, a, it's causing a supply chain issue too because they're not able to get these goods out the 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 water is not able to um infiltrate these crops and stuff like that so the crops are there's not much crops that are growing so the farming is down farming is down and then a the little bit that they do get can't even get across you know America to its next destination so the supply chain is really hindered also um They've also found dis- discarded cars and human remains in this um, water. And um, they found a lot of stuff, just like in Lake Mead. But the main point is that it is messing up the supply chain a lot. Because Lake Mead was basically only used for water. The Mississippi river was used for you know water also but it was also used for goods to transport goods and so because of that they're having that issue now there was and and this is a rock out there called the tower rock in the mississippi um river it's almost like an island of its own you couldn't really get to this um to this rock because it was surrounded by water so much water and the water was at the tippity top of this um rock and the rock is like i mean it's a very large rock it's like an island in itself but the water level has gone down so much that people are now making it like a tourist attraction to go and see this um 
this landmark and it's called the Tower Rock. Now the Tower Rock was already in a uh, 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 considered a wonder. It was in a um, National Geographic, you know, for its for its amazement basically. Um but the Tower Rocks is like collections of rocks that kind of like came together to make this big big giant rock and it's like a tower of rocks, almost like um boulders but not really boulders it's actually rocks um that clustered together to make one big large tower of rocks and you couldn't get to it before but now people are actually going on vacation because they said they don't know when the next time they're going to be able to do this and they're actually going out there to see this rock and they're able to walk to it. And some people are even climbing up to the top of it. Now, I know you wonder, okay, Auntie, you don't say all of that. Where, where are you going with this, Auntie? What I'm trying to tell you is right now, if you haven't stocked up on water, you need to start. Because we don't know where things may be going. And now the the, the food chain supply was already an issue. The food costs was already an issue and now we have two things happening at once well three things happening at once inflation making everything go up now this food chain supply thing is from from our mississippi river river is causing an issue so prices is going to go up and we can't even get the food or the things that we need and the water is getting low so I'm going to tell you, auntie's suggestion to all of y'all is to stock up on y'all water. Make you a little, a little corner in y'all house. Stock up on y'all water as much as you can. And every now and then, buy you an extra can or something. If you buy one of this, and you, if you know your kids eat a whole box of macaroni and cheese, go ahead and buy two. Because, go buy two, because next time you go to the market, that price might be on went up. Or you might not be able be able able to find it is what I'm really trying to tell you is that you might be able to find a macaroni and cheese now, but in three or four months or next year, you might not be able to get that macaroni and cheese at all is what I'm trying to tell you now. That brought up a lot of things uh, for me with the water. Like, what can I do to make sure on my end that I have enough water? And I was thinking because, like, if we're having a water issue, you won't, you won't have, you will have a problem with, of course, drinking water. But you also have to think about how you're gonna take a bath, how you're gonna cook your food, and how you're gonna do A, B, C, and D that you do with water. How you gonna wash your hands? And so on and so on, especially if they start doing restrictions of time, like you can only, you know, have, you know, your water on for a certain amount of time or, you know, they've done it before. And you hear mostly about that happening in other countries, but it very well could happen to us here in America. And I'm not saying that I want that to happen to us, but it did get me to thinking if they start doing water restrictions, what how can I combat that? And I went to look up harvesting rain. And that was quite interesting to me too. I mean, 
when I start looking at, okay, can I harvest the rainwater? Because you can buy these big plastic um, containers to put water in. And there's actually companies that will come out to your house to fill up those um, um, containers for you of water or even gasoline. But, you know, I don't want to pay for them to come out to fill up mine if I have if I have to get that. What well, I was thinking of other water, ways to do that, and one of the things I thought of was rainwater. If it's raining, you know, you just let the rainwater go in there, and then you close it up so it won't get contaminated, and and you keep it, and then you buy you a little um a little filtration system where you can clean your water or whatnot. And what I found out is in some states, not all states, but in some states, it's actually illegal for you to harvest rainwater. I'm I'm like, what? And you heard me right. In some states, it's actually illegal to harvest rainwater. What are people going to do if they ain't got no water and you tell them that this is something natural and they can't even harvest it? Now, in some states, they do allow it, but then they have regulations. And then also in some states, they allow it, but then and they give incentives for you to actually to do it. Um, wherever you are and wherever you may be, I say you look up what your guidelines are for your state and you start thinking about what you going to do because I can't, and, and I, and I really, I, and I, honestly, I don't understand why it's illegal to harvest rainwater. I do get it. Like some people do some nasty stuff, like they'll, you know, contaminate this water and then, you know, go throw their poopy water and their dirty water in a river or a lake or somewhere or whatever. But I really don't understand why it's illegal to do it. It's a natural thing. It's like, I'm going to tell you, you can't breathe air. Like we all need water. And if God has given us natural ways to get water, why aren't we using those natural ways to get our water? Why are you telling me that I can't get water? So that that's I mean, like I said, Auntie trying to just trying to tell you that there's an issue going on and everybody ain't talking about it. And this issue you need to think about and maybe figure out how you're gonna get some water and how you're gonna get food. At least have enough food for I used to say three months, but honestly, I'm gonna say six months now. Because if everything go left real quick, even if you got the money, you're going to be paying four and five times the amount you would have paid for that same item today, right now. So it is definitely something that you want to look into. And that's all your auntie going to say about that. So did y'all hear about it? Mm. Over this weekend, the student loan debt uh, forgiveness was blocked. Yes, you heard it, blocked. And I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna tell you my thoughts on it. 
And but before I tell you my thoughts on it, I'm gonna get into how this thing started. How how did we even say that we were gonna get debt cancellation, student loan debt cancellation? So this is how it started. Joe Biden, during his campaign, that was one of the things that he ran on and he promised the American people that he was going to do. If you elect me, I am going to give you student loan forgiveness. Um, So that's what he ran on and that's what people believed that he was going to do. And so after he became the president... After um, once he got into office, he kind of went radio silent on the issue. He did do a lot of, of executive orders and whatnot. And he, you know, he talked about a lot of other things that he was going to do and that he was doing. But student loan wasn't one of them. Student loan forgiveness was not one of them. He went absolutely radio silent on that. And a lot of people got upset about it. A lot of people... um said, hey, Joe, you got to do something about it. You said you was going to do something and you haven't done anything. So what's going on? Um, That didn't really uh, give him the motivation to um, bring up the topic again. And it didn't really even give him the motivation to um, address the issue again until recently in August. And August, right before the midterms and right before, you know, people start campaigning and everything, he recently said that he was not ignoring you guys, that he announced that he is still going to give the student debt forgiveness is still on the table is basically what he was saying and that he's he planned on doing it and that he's going to move forward on it and that is sure enough what he did now what most people don't know if you're going to do any kind of uh cancellation especially when it has to do with federal federal loans or federal um student loans or anything and and especially in that type of magnitude for for that amount of people it does have to go through congress because basically the treasurer gave you guys this loan you borrowed this money from the united states of america from the u.s treasury and you promised that you was going to pay this money back to the government to the usa and you said that you was going to give some on top so we can't be basically giving out debt cancellation to everybody like this without us you know voting on it and seeing you know what the numbers are and if this is actually going to be something that we a debt that we can take on so vote um congress has to vote on it and congress said basically said oh for real you doing oh you just announced this but uh you ain't never talked to us that's what basically what congress was saying like you never talked to us about this so what's going on and right after that happened and um they a lot of people saying that you know he can't do it because it didn't go through congress blah 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 the debt forgiveness changed to debt relief that happened overnight almost it turned into debt relief where now it doesn't have to go through Congress because it was going to go under the umbrella of um, debt relief due to the COVID-19. You know, it's basically going to go under, you know, 
all of that stimulus checks that y'all was getting or and all of that uh EDL money that you were getting this is also going to be one of the things that you can get due to COVID-19 so it went from debt relief instead of debt forgiveness so um that basically happened and then after that happened um, a whole bunch of states came together and they say, wait, 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 wait a minute now, wait a minute now, I understand you changing it and you got your little, um, recession relief plan and all of that and all of this money that you spend in and, you, and now you want to throw the, the, the student loans right on under there with it. But wait a minute, we don't think that's right. So the states that came together, and they came together on September 29th. And those states were Kansas, South Carolina, Iowa, Nebraska, and Missouri. They basically came together and they formed a lawsuit. And they filed their lawsuit on September 29th, like I told you. And they said, hold up, this cannot be done. This is unconstitutional. This is not right. What about the people that did not get, you know, did not take out loans? Are people that wanted to go to school but did not go to school because they was worrying about the financial debt? Or people that um, they don't qualify because they didn't take out loans, but they went to school and it just became this whole big thing. Now, I don't plan on getting into the the facts of whether you agree with their stance on it, even though I am going to say a little bit about it, but whatever way you, you, wherever you feel, wherever you are on the fence, or if you're on the left or the right or the fence, you know, are you yay or nay? Are you with it or you ain't? I'm not really going to say um if you should or you shouldn't be where you where you where you are is where you are. So that happened on the 29th of September. So right when that happened, almost like as soon as it happened on September 29th, um the lawsuit was filed and also on September 29th the Biden administration started um, changing some of the requirements that make you eligible for the student loan debt. Um, one of the things that you that was before is if you made um, one hundred and twenty five thousand or less, or if you was a family that made two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or less you will qualify for this forgiveness. Um, that changed a little bit. And then also if you receive the Pell Grant, you could get up to twenty thousand um thousand twenty thousand dollars. So versus ten thousand. So if you as a family that makes a hundred and twenty five thousand, I mean if you as an individual that make a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars or left, you can get ten thousand dollars of your student loan debt forgiven. But if you receive the Pell Grant, meaning at any time, it don't matter when you receive this money, if you received it at any time, this Pell Grant, you could uh get up to twenty thousand dollars of your loan forgiven. And then one of the things that they changed and that and and that is still now that is still uh one of the requirements. That is one of the requirements still. But a, one thing significant thing that they changed was if you are a dependent 
Meaning, like, if you're still in school and you are a dependent. Now, if you're in school and you're an adult and you're not a dependent, you can qualify for this. But if you're a dependent, you can't qualify for this loan. And before, and the main thing that they ran on, it didn't matter what student loan uh, debt that you had. If you had student loans at all you qualify for this forgiveness. Well, one of the things that they changed on September 29th is that if you have a private loan, you, you, you couldn't, you couldn't, um, you're not qualified. Those loans are not qualified. So before they was telling people consolidate your loans into one loan, loan, consolidate your loans into one um, lump loan and then you'll get, you know, $20,000 or $10,000 up to $20,000 of that loan forgiven. That's what they was telling people to do prior. But on September 9th, on September 29th, they changed that where if it's a private loan that you got, you, you no longer qualify. And I believe that is because a lot of companies were saying, well, hold up, this is this is not even a federal, like you forgiving a loan is your business. If the government wants to forgive their loans, they can forgive their loans. But I can't afford my business that gave this money to these individuals to say that all of their debt would be canceled. Because really... Honestly, to tell you the truth, even though the debt is going to be canceled by the federal government, there isn't actual money that is saying, okay, we're going to give Jimmy 20,000. We're going to give Susan 10. We're going to give Becky, um, you know, 15. There isn't any money to do that. All of this money is going to have to be created or paid back over a period of time to the government by somebody else, but I'm going to get into that later. So there isn't actually money that the government is going to say, Hey, we're going to give Becky this money and we're going to give Susan that money. No, you're, it's just going to be wiped out, clean, boom, it's done. And the government, the God, the federal government is going to take on that burden. So these companies were saying, well, this is a private loan. Y'all not paying me the 10,000 or the 20,000 or, you know, the $6,000 I gave Marie to go, you know, study art. Uh, so I, how I'm going to get my money back. So they changed that a little bit. Um, and those, that was one of the things that they changed, which made a lot of people upset because a lot of people had started consolidating their loans into this federal loan thing that is now not accepted. So just to move on, I'm just going to move on a little bit because I don't want to make this too long. The, um, the lawsuit stated that it could be the lawsuit that they, um, that they filed went on and it, 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 they said that they, you know, that the government could do it. And then later they appealed it and it went up to, you know, the ranks and courts until eventually, um, it was blocked this, this Friday. But in this lawsuit, it states that it could be done under the heroes act of 20, I mean, of 2003, now, because of COVID-19, 
Now, that is what the Biden administration is saying. Their reasoning or their the, the how they're able to give this relief to people is through this HEROES Act um, of 2003. And they're using the HEROES Act to umbrella under the COVID-19. Now, what are you saying? You What you say? What is the HEROES Act? Now the Hero Heroes Act the Heroes Act is the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students. Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students. That is what the Heroes Act stands for. So in the Hero Act, if you go and read it and um I'm just going to break it down real simple form for you guys. Basically, in this HEROES Act, it says it allows for the Secretary of Treasure to cancel the debt of um, American citizen uh, or a um, person in, um, in, in the military for their debt to be relieved in some kind of way in the times of war or a national emergency. So the Biden administration used that HEROES Act to justify the reason why they want to do this debt cancellation. And basically what was said to them is, uh-uh, 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 no, 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 that's not going to work for me because, uh... That that's not gonna work for me because that's not what the heroes um act was supposed to be. So that's that's what these states these states are saying like no 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 that's not what the heroes act is really about. So on October twelfth, while they was going through you know the whole appeal and you know lawsuit and everything. Joe Biden administration have extended the emergency, the state of emergency in America on October 12th, they extended it. So some people say the reason why they extended it is so that this whole thing with the um, the uh, student loan forgiveness will go through. I don't know, because recently he said that the pandemic was over. But then he extended it on October 12th. So I don't know. But then he also extended the the COVID-19 on October 12th. But he also gave us a state of emergency because of something that's going on in Syria. And again, that's a whole nother topic, whole nother day to get into that. Um, Yeah, so he extended that on October 12th. Now, in this lawsuit, they say that the the in the law or in this act for the heroes is something that is supposed to be used for like nine eleven or in a case of someone being deployed to fight in war um during war times that they will have the opportunity to um use grace period or or if or they'll have an opportunity where they don't have to give a whole bunch of um paperwork um and it kind of like cuts through that time they're saying that 
it has never been used to cancel debt. They said that the only time that this HEROES Act has been used is to extend grace periods, to cut down on paperwork, and to consolidate. But never, ever has it been used for cancellation in the past. So it brings up the, is he overreaching with this? Is he trying to make what's there not there? What's there ain't there is basically what they're saying. Now, I don't know. Um, how the people that have used this hero act before feel about it? Because I would be saying like, okay, you mean to tell me that half of America is going to get their debt cancellation? But when I was going, when I was getting deployed and when I had to work for this country, I couldn't even get my stuff canceled. I just got my stuff moved back and um, dates changed and uh, maybe a reduction of fees taken off. But you're going to give them whole cancellation. Now, if what they're saying is to be true, now that's kind of wrong to me. But anywho, now, since then, the um, Biden administration has put up a website for people to go ahead and apply for this loan forgiveness um, and and people have been and people have been doing that it it's about uh if i'm not mistaken it's about 22 americans that have already applied now see when i say apply most people thinking that they have applied but they have not applied what the um the website is up but what it is is a mock website and most people are not paying attention to that the website is up but most people are getting it wrong. It is not an uh, a website for you to apply. It is for them to, it's like a pre-registration. But what they're saying is they're going to use that information and they're going to gather your information. And if you, if you qualify for it, you won't have to re-register again. And, and they can't really say that, okay, you are applying because they're basically in court and the court is basically telling them that they have to stop and they still have this lawsuit that's going on. But I think they're trying to save face by telling people, go ahead and apply, go and apply, go ahead and apply. And they're, you know, trying to make it see if it's going to, how they can uh, run it. It's like a trial run, basically. It's like a soft, soft run just for them to see like, you know, what, what's what that's going on. But my thing is, if you're going to do a soft run, you don't do a soft run with 22 million. You don't tell everybody to go ahead and apply and then have a big old disclaimer saying, okay, this is just a little soft run. We're just trying to see how things will go. And if you, if you, um, if you apply it now, you don't have to do it later. We're going to work out the kinks if there's kinks. With 22 million people, you finna work out a kink? 22 million people, you finna, you finna work out some kinks. I feel like there should have been a stop. Like when you got 5,000 or when you got 1 million people, then you, you stop. Okay. We got enough for our trial to see how this is going to go. Let's try to figure out how we're going to run this or whatever, what information, how easy it's going to be to look up that information and, you know, send out some letters or whatever. But no, there, I think it is meant to confuse people really because people really think they are applying, but they're really not applying, applying. Um, so I also want to break down these numbers because the argument is that where the money going to come from? 
a lot of people are saying, some people are saying, yeah, we're getting debt relief, da 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 um, just like with the stimulus checks, a lot of people like, yeah, I'm so glad we got the stimulus check. And other people's like, I'm glad you got your stimulus check too, but honey, um, inflation is going to hit us. And that's what a lot of people are saying about this. They're like, okay, I'm glad you're getting your debt relief, especially if you need it with your student loans. But at what cost to Americans is this going to be? So I went ahead and kind of broke down the numbers a little bit. The estimate cost for this debt forgiveness, this debt relief is going to be $379 billion. That's the estimated cost. And yes, I said billion, $379 billion. Now, the number of people in America is only um, 330 people in America. Now, million people, 330 million people that are in America. Now, everybody is not an adult. So you can't say that all of these people are going to be able to pay this, um, help pay this loan back because um, there, there aren't, honestly, some are underage. They don't work. They don't have money. They're not going to work. Some people are disabled. Some people are, you know, have uh, disabilities and all kind of other things that are stopping them from uh, working to help keep our economy going. So there are uh, roughly about uh, 148 million adults in America that are t- that are paying taxes. So we know these people are working. So it's 148 million um, adults. Now, out of those 148 million people, half of those people pay taxes. Now, half of those people are tax-paying people. Now, some of them people could be working, but they don't make enough to pay taxes and so on and so forth or whatever. So half of those people are paying taxes. So that only gives us 74 million people. And don't forget, our debt is at $379 billion. There's not even enough people. If we say everybody, you know, take a, take a um, million, it's not even enough for everybody to pay this debt back. So, but anyways, let me keep, let me stick on the numbers because I know the numbers can get confusing sometimes. So let's just recap. There's 307, this, 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 um, debt is going to cost America about 379 billion. Okay. Now, um, everybody don't work in America. So there's about 148 million adults, um, working adults, able-bodied adults in America and about 74 million of them which is half of the population is actually paying taxes. Now, if you go on the website, it says that 50% of of those half of those people, 50% of them um are at the top half, meaning that out of those 74 million people, um 50% of them are paying the higher parts of taxes. And then the bottom half is only paying 3% of taxes. So 
even that is like, wow, 74 million people and only half of those people are paying half of the taxes needed for America. And then the bottom half is only paying 3% of the taxes um, to keep America going. Now, if you take the $379, which is the student loan debt that we have, and you lower it by the 3%, which is, you know, the bottom half, that would give the debt to be about $367 billion. Then you divide that by the number of people that's paying the 50% half, which will be uh, 74 million people. And if you divide that, you will get 4959 dollars over a 10 year period of time that each American would end up paying now the numbers could be a little bit off a little bit because you know you got to think about turfs and other ways that you know taxes and stuff are and then you know people dying and all of that and so forth and and so on you got to think about a lot of stuff but we're talking about $4,959 that the average person is going to end up paying because somebody debt got relieved, got relieved. That's something to really, really, really think about. Is it worth it? Because that means the inflation is going to go up. So even though you canceled my student loan debts, I'm still paying for it. I'm still going to have to pay for it. I'm you, You're going to still be in this whole rat race to try to figure out, you know, um, can you ever get out of being in a rat race to, to stay alive in America, to live in America? You know, everybody has the American dream. You know, they want to make it the middle class, you know, they w- at least want to make it make it the middle class you know they have the dream of eventually being you know uh, being rich somehow or living some type of comfortable life but if you're always in a rat race because of inflation is my debt being canceled really worth it or should I just you know go ahead and pay my own debt you know I don't know that's how some people are looking at it but what I'm gonna tell you is if and it was blocked on Friday, they blocked it. Um, Friday, the U.S. Appeals Court blocked it from moving forward. So right now, it's at a standstill. But I'm going to tell you this, and this is my thoughts on it. Now, after I just told you how it's going to create inflation and all of that, and I broke down the numbers and I told you how it, how this all started, and whether you think it's a political stunt by Joe Biden or not. This is what I'm going to leave you with. If it does, if it does have the opportunity to move forward and debt will be canceled and you do have debt and you do qualify, I'm going to tell you to go ahead and do it. That's my thoughts. Why not go ahead and do it? There are going to be so many other people that are doing it. Why should you not do it? But on the flip side of that, I'm going to say if you do do it and you do qualify and you do get your debt canceled, 
you do need to have a game plan of how you're going to combat inflation. So don't use this as an opportunity. Oh, my debt was canceled. Oh, my gosh, thank you. I'm just going to live my life. No, you need to have a plan of how you're going to use this opportunity to come up. Because in four or five years, it's going to hit us like a ton of bricks. And we're going to be paying wazoo for bread. And so you need to figure out of, okay, my debt counsel, my credit going to be good, you know, or let me start working on my credit right now. Or I always wanted to start this side hustle. Let me go ahead and start that, you know, the money that I was going to put down for student loans. Let me do that. But don't get your student loan debt counsel and don't have a game plan because you're going to be paying 4000 $959 that you ain't figured out where it's going to come from. And that's what your auntie got to say about that. So I'm not telling you not to apply, but I'm telling you if you do apply, have a game plan. Hey, your auntie is about to take a break, but while I'm on my break, I definitely want to leave you guys something to think about. Now, if you're out there looking for a home or you're getting ready to buy, um, you might want to think twice because these mortgage rates are very high. We're talking about a 30-year fixed loan is the average um, interest rate is 8.1. On a 15, it's 7.1. And on a 10 to 6 year, we're talking about a 7.7. Now, my thing is, it's always a good time to buy. Just be smart about it. Now, they also came out with the American Report Card where they do the study. They did a study on fourth and eighth graders to just see, you know, where they are um, and how things are coming along in America. And they found that in reading and in math was the largest decline amongst fourth graders and eighth graders that they have ever seen. Now, they account this to the COVID-19 where kids were out of school. Um, Some kids didn't go back to school. They did online learning and they also... um, had to get acclimated to going back to school once they did go to school. Now, I find that to be really sad. And my question is, what are we going to do to fix this gap? Because our kids have to be able to compete with the rest of the world if we're going to keep up. Now, if you guys did not hear my podcast last week, you want to jump back on that after this one and listen to it because I went over some things about Brittany Gardner and the Pfizer um, vaccine. And I just want to bring it back up a little bit because there is um, additional news to that. Now, I did last week go over whether I thought Brittany Gardner should stay in Russia or come back to America, listen to that. But she has recently been sentenced to nine years. Yes, we're talking about nine years. I'm kind of happy for your girl that she didn't have to wait a long time to be sentenced. She does plan on doing an appeal to that sentencing and we should see how that go. And then with the Pfizer, um, Pfizer didn't test the vaccine on humans. They never did only on some rats and from my understanding only on a handful of rats 
Now, what you say about that? Your favorite auntie is bike. And if you haven't already subscribed to my podcast, go ahead and do that and leave me a review so I know what y'all thinking out there. So I want to jump right into this whole thing with Kanye West. So I'm pretty sure everybody has heard about his anti-Semitic comments and his White Lives Matter and all the other things that Kanye has been doing. But uh, he had a interview with Tucker Carson last week. And in that interview, I actually go over that interview in my last podcast. So if you have not already listened to that, go ahead and do that. But don't do that until after you finish listening to this one. But um, so there was some leaked footage from that interview and some of the leaked footage from that interview consisted of him saying that he felt as if he was a Jew and that (coughs) excuse me he felt that he was a Jew and that he could not say anything against the Jewish community and that in in that way because him he himself was a Jew and considered himself to be one of the lost tribes of um that's one of the twelve lost tribes. And so um that was cut out and it was leaked and I was like when they, everybody was like, Oh my gosh, there's leaked footage from um Tucker Carlson that Kanye West said I was like, Oh my goodness, you know, I'm trying to jump on, see what's what's going on, couldn't wait to figure out what what was said. And when I seen it I was like, Okay. Is there more? Did I miss something? It like for real, is there more? Because what he said didn't seem as if it had not already been said before. And it definitely didn't add or take away from what he had already said. And I'm like, of course there's going to be, and this happens all the time. There's, of course, there's going to be footage or uh, parts that are cut that are cut out and rather that it's cut out because of what Kanye said as um relating to the relevance to what it was to the topic or if it was cut out because you know time restraints because there's only so much of the show that they can do within their time or whatever the reason is this is not uncommon but when I heard that there was some cutout or some leaked footage, I was ready. I was ready. I was ready to uh, be like, oh, man, Kanye, come on now. Or Tucker Carlson, you you probably shouldn't have done this. But there was nothing. There, there was no there there. It was just nothing, nothing more. I was like, oh, man, give me more. Like, okay, really, this is it? Okay, but uh, so that happened, and then this happened. He was on the Pierce Morgan show, 
um, last week, and I got to see that entire interview. Now, the interview is about an hour and a half, two hours long, so it is pretty lengthy. So if you are going to watch it, you know, make you, make sure you have some time to um, watch it. And I do recommend that you do watch it because I'm not going to do any justice to the show um, unless you see it. Like I'm, I'm just gonna give you a little bits and pieces because I honestly cannot go over everything and on this podcast, and neither do I want to because I really want y'all to jump over there and see it so you um have your own um thoughts on it. You have your own perspective on it. You would definitely know what's really happening. So he was on the Pierce Morgan show, and some of the things he talked about was again the. Black lives, I mean, I'm sorry, not black lives, white lives matter, the George Floyd um, situation on how he died. He even talked about him and Kim Kardashian and um, some of his comments towards the Jews. And it was pressed upon him a lot to talk about that. And I feel like majority of the conversation was pressed upon him to just make a comment or make an apology, really, about the whole thing. But um, that really didn't happen. At least I didn't think I don't think it happened the way that the way that um, most people think it happened. I honestly believe that he did not give a full apology. Matter of fact, I feel as if he he even said it to Pierce Morgan. You know, I want to say this in a presidential type of way. You know how you have a president that gives an apology, but is it really an apology, you know? And, and I don't think Pierce Morgan caught that, but that's what he was doing. He was basically saying, hey, I want to give every Jewish person a hug, and let you know that Kanye love y'all, and I want to give y'all, um, give every Jew- Jewish person an, um, an apology if I said something to hurt you. So basically, he was saying, "I said what I said. I meant what I said, but I'm sorry, it hurt you." Is what he basically was saying, and um, it was it's a lot that was said at this in this um interview some of the things that he made out he made jokes he made jokes about you know him being a billionaire uh he even told Pierce Morgan at one time you know how much money you make and Pierce Morgan says sadly not as much as you do and then Kanye said well then take it from me uh and maybe you'll be richer and I thought that was so funny you could tell Pierce Morgan was kind of offended by it, but you know, it is what it is. He said what he said. Now there was a lot out there talking about, he was saying that, um, Joe Biden was, um, effing retarded. Now what he said, what he really said was Joe Biden was retarded for not listening to Elon Musk because Elon Musk is a very, very important person in our um, in our society today. And he is, you know, he's a brilliant mind. And then anybody that has a brilliant mind like that, the, the president or someone in leadership should be listening to them. 
Now, whether you agree with that or not, that's up to you. But that's what he said. But I felt like he was being a softy for later on in the second part of the interview. He apologized for saying that same comment because he didn't want to offend those that were retarded. Now, I don't know how you feel about that. I just feel like when he did the first part of the interview with Paris Morgan and he walked off, that's why I said you got to go and see it yourself. And he walked off. I think that should have been it done. Squash. The interview was over with. But Kanye came back with a kind heart, came back again and did the second part of the interview. Now, some of the other things that Kanye talked about is that the black vote is very similar to... um to saying that there's a black water fountain and it's, it's very racist and we should stick try to stay away from saying the black vote he also said that he no longer wanted to use the word he's the um richest black person he said that's a cop-out and that you know He's he's a wealthy person and he's still gonna stack up his coins and and he's just the richest, one of the richest Americans. Uh, now he did talk about how they blackballed um, uh, Bill Cosby when Cosby wanted to buy a show, and he really talks about it and go into how these um, people have something against the black community. And when he say people, he's really talking about Jewish. People that are in media. He said behind every media, there is a Jewish person. Now, um, he goes on and talk about the whole um, the, um, Django movie, how they use the N-word in the Django movie, and how basically Hollywood or these people had this agenda to make it normalized. Now, I am going to put a pin in that because... He's Kanye just said that, but it also brings me to the interview that I listened to by Judge Joe Brown and Judge Joe Brown said the same thing. Now, he didn't say it like Kanye because, you know, Kanye, he's a dominant rough. He, you know, he got a lot of rough edges around him. But Joe Brown says the same exact thing. Now, he said uh, Joe Brown said that. uh Whenever the media wants to uh, basically push an agenda, or, or not the media, or whenever they have an agenda that they want to push, they use the media to do it. And it's mostly at the detriment of black people. And Joe, um, Joe uh, Brown also mentioned the Black Panther movie. And that how the Black Panther movie came about is because Hollywood was billions of dollars in the hole. And they was trying to figure out how they can get more black people to uh to buy movies and stuff like that. And they used the Black Panther movie. And the Black Panther movie actually is nothing like the comic book. And that they twisted it for their own agenda. Now... Kanye West is saying the same thing about the Django movie is that the media or the entertainment company use the N-word at for their own agenda. They they normalized it. 
you ain't think of nothing. You you didn't get offended when you watched the Jingo movie when they kept using the N word and black, white, Mexican, and Chinese was watching that and nobody got offended. But soon as and and he said it was used in the right contents because you know how black people always say I'm not black people, just people in you have the argument of you know if you use the n-word like you know homeboy or friend or whatever or using the n-word as a letdown or put down or derogatively and he said it was used both ways it was used in this in this content context and nobody no nobody got offended by it but that was an agenda that they were promoting at that time now i'm not going to get into the whole joe brown interview thing i feel like i'm I'm, i eventually am going to have to because it's a lot to be said about that but i'm not going to get into it right now because i don't want to take away from kanye west but what i am saying is there's a lot that joe brown is saying that kanye west is saying also and i will say Joe Brown, he had Judge Joe Brown has a way of saying it cleverly, you know, and in a different way. Kanye West or Ye West is saying it and, you know, he's just being raw about it. But that's that. And uh, going back to the Pierce Morgan show and Kanye West interview with him, um, Pierce Morgan was just pressuring him and pressuring him to make this apology and he just did not want to make that apology and he eventually walks off. And in my opinion, I feel as if that's where he should have left it. But then he comes back and they talk about some other things because you can tell that Kanye um, was a little upset. At least Pierce Morgan could tell that he was and he didn't want to push the issue anymore. But eventually it, it made full circle and they they talked about it again also and that's when he made this an apology that I feel that really wasn't an apology that Pierce Morgan was just pushing him to make this apology and Ye West also says that that um Pierce is pushing an agenda and Pierce Pierce is like no I'm not no I'm not no I'm yeah but Ye was right I feel like he was pushing an agenda and it is what it is and he kind of sort of got what he wanted because at the end of the interview and you gotta watch this interview because at the end of the interview um he says okay that's where we're gonna end it after he gets his grand apology from um Ye and yeah, it was like, well, hold on, we're not done. That's not the problem. Is not solved. You haven't even asked me about what these people are done or why am I saying that? You're just wanting this apology from me. So um, I was like, yay, come on now. You know this how this works. You want this man to help you, and the people that you're going up against got him in, the, got him by the balls themselves. They're pushing him to push you to say what they want you to say, you know. Um, So, like, really, he's not going to he may agree or disagree with you. I don't really know at the end of the day, but he's not going to say it. You know, he's not going to do it because the same people that you're talking about that are doing this and having this agenda. is the same people he worked for. So that is what it is. Um, He also goes into saying that racism and uh, 
council culture is very similar. He says that racism um, works on itself and, and, and works on you as an individual and council culture does too. He says with racism, you can walk into a store and these people think that you're going to steal. So what you do, you continue to buy more stuff. He said council culture does the same thing. You think these people are going to counsel you. So you go ahead and you start counseling yourself. Um, you start holding back on stuff. You don't say everything that you want. You start censoring yourself and things of that nature. And I kind of agree with, not kind of, I agree with him. It's a psychological game and it's psychological warfare. And if you're not ready for it, then you got a lot, a lot, a lot ahead of you. Um, Pierce Morgan then began to just ride Kanye's back about this apology and ride his back about this documentary with George Floyd because Kanye West says that it's a chance that he didn't die from the knee being on his neck, that he probably have died or could have died from, you know, um, fentanyl. And Pierce Morgan goes back and forth with him saying, you know, uh, this is what this said. This is what the, we saw in the video. And, you know, they're going back and forth and the banter and back and forth, back and forth. And Kanye eventually is like, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. Because he, he realized he was just arguing in circles. He's like, wait, wait, wait. Did you see the documentary? And Pierce Morgan says, no, I never seen the documentary. And I thought that was so funny because in the documentary, this is what they talk about is that the media have never seen all the facts or don't hold all the facts to the story. And they go ahead and they talk about something and they push something and they, and they try to get you to talk about something or make you think about something a certain way before they even have all the facts themselves. And it's so funny that that played out in this situation. Like the same thing they was talking about in a documentary happened in this interview. And it was just so funny funny to see that played out and Kanye was like it was almost like Kanye said like I can't even have this conversation with you and it's that's how I feel with some people is I can't even have this conversation with you because there's so much information that you don't know or so much information that you think you know that is not really real that I can't even have a real converse, sit down conversation with you about this because you're so far behind the game on it that whatever I say, you're not even going to see it because you don't even have the information. So Pierce Morgan says that, no, he didn't see the documentary. And Kanye was like, well, when you, when you see the documentary, let's sit down and talk about this because this is ridiculous right now because we can have a whole bunch of conversations about how JF Kennedy um, died, but we cannot have the conversation about how George Floyd died. There's a lot of conspiracies and theories and, um, information about how John F. Kennedy died. But when we talk about George Floyd, and I'm a black man talking about George Floyd death by a white man, I can't come up and tell you that there may be another different probability of his death. And I found that to be quite, quite interesting that we was having that same 
kind of relative conversation that is happening in the documentary. Because in the documentary, it was also asked to one of now one of the authorities that came out to talk to the American people about this um was going on about how this is just so wrong that this white man killed this black man, this cop, and how cops are so da 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 and da 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 and so on and so forth and so on. And one of the questions that one of the reporters asked that asked the man, he said, "Did you see the footage?" And the man said, "No, I have not seen the footage." So how you gonna come and talk to me and tell me? how I should feel and what I should think and what's going on with this case when you haven't even seen the full footage yourself. Like you was already pushing this agenda and what you thought that we should think before you even had the information yourself. And so it was very ironic to me that I saw that happen with Pierce Morgan in this interview. Um, But um, I want to go over some of the other things that um, Kanye West was talking about in this interview um he goes on to have Pierce Morgan read the whole entire tweet that he wrote because the tweet that he originally wrote said that I'm pretty tired and um uh, right now I'm really tired but in the morning I'm going Defcon 3 on some Jews and when you read it like that it's like ooh but when you read the whole entire tweet it goes on to say that you know his stance on Jews that he like he he liked Jews and he's not saying anything against Jews because it's one Jew to another. Basically, it's one skin tone Jew against another skin tone Jew, one tribe against another tribe. Your tribe is treating my tribe like crap. Like everybody Kanye says this in a view interview. He says, You want me to apologize for what they have caused my people. You want me to agree that white people have suppressed my people and we can agree to that. But when we talk about these groups of Jewish people suppressing our black people, you ain't got nothing to say about that. So if we're going to call things racist, we need to call it racist all the way around. Jews that have been racist to black people, white people that have been racist to black people, Asians that have been racist to black people is basically what Kanye is trying to say. And he says he's not backing down from it. Now, that's what the man's saying now. Now, I want you guys to go ahead and listen to the whole interview yourself. And because I've seen a lot of little snippets of what he said and I think it was really really taken out of context I think that they they played on um our emotions they played on the uh media's emotions and they and and even Pierce Morgan did because he chopped some things up about the whole retard thing that wasn't true he chopped some things up about when he asked Kanye are you gonna apologize he was like no 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 he's not and that's not really what he was saying it 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 was just done distastefully. And because of that, I do not really want to rock with Pierce Morgan. I always was like, okay, I was cool with Pierce Morgan. I like Pierce Morgan since he was on um, a couple of shows on The Apprentice with um, Donald Trump. I liked him um, just because he was always like a middle guy. Like he wasn't left. He wasn't right. He kind of like stood for what was right. You know, he didn't really sway one way or the other. But watching this interview made me want to like, 
you can see him just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing for a um apology. And Kanye, but right before Kanye apologized, he said this. He said that I find it very, very strange or wrong to hold an apology hostage. He said holding an apology hostage is, is almost ungodlike, ungodly like. He said it isn't godly like is basically what he was saying. Um, And I agree with him. Like you cannot hold a gun to this man's hand and say, oh, um, unless you apologize, if you until you apologize, I'm not going to have anything else to do with you. You know, I'm not going to, you know, do your your music. I'm not going to do this, this, and that. It's like, I have a problem. And then how are you going to do that too when you ain't even got nothing to do with this, Paris? Like, you don't have nothing at all to do with what he's talking about. You're not even Jewish and you want me to, you going to hold me up for an apology? Like, I have something to do with your cousin now. Not you. Man, you cool. What, why Why you coming at me? You don't got nothing to do with this. Matter of fact, I don't even have nothing to do with your cousin. Now. It's like I, I have something to do with your neighbor. I came over here to um, talk to your neighbor about all the things they've been doing. And you just you just come in and decide that you want to uh, ask me to have an apology to the neighbors. When I, I do, you don't even know what's going on between me and the neighbors. Like, stay out of it. Mind your business because right now I'm cool with you. You about to make me and your relationship, you know, rocky. So, anywho, that was a lot to be said on this um, Paris Morgan show with this interview with Ye West. Um, if you have not seen it, I do recommend you go out and you go ahead and listen to it. Take it from me. Do not just look at some clips. Do not just look at, you know, a few commentary of what other people have to say, but go and look at it yourself. You, you, you're going to appreciate Kanye in this um, interview. I do like how he um, he had a little humor. I thought Pierce Morgan was too uptight, but he had a little humor he offended uh Pierce Morgan with his humor, but you know, people humor sometimes offend people and you know what, you just gotta roll with the punches. And it's a lot to be said into it. He goes he talks about Kim and their relationship. Um he also goes over the you know, Pierce Morgan was also trying to get the man to apologize. He was also trying to get him to say that Judge Floyd didn't die that way. And he was also trying to say that uh, it was wrong for him to say that Gap knew about the um, the shooting. And I'm like, Pierce, did you listen to the video? Because I'm like, did you listen to the interview? Because had you listened to the full interview like I did, and I'm going to believe that you didn't because you didn't even watch a documentary that you were trying to talk to him about that he made reference to in the original uh video he made a reference to it you only probably watching clips of it and now you think you got the whole 411 when it was just a clip but in the clip don't show everything that he was saying so 
Pierce, did you watch the whole thing? Because had you watched the whole thing, he basically, he didn't say that Gap knew about it. He said it was, it was almost as if they did because of the agenda that they was trying to, to, to push at that time. Like it was almost like simultaneously, uh, this happened in this agenda that they're trying to push. You know, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Kanye needs to chill for a while because he did lose his, um, his contract or his deal with Adidas and he lost a couple of other things. Maybe he need to chill for a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. And then hop back on it. But I just feel like right now, everything and anything that he's, he does, people are going to look at it the wrong way. And I even say that with the whole thing about the Jewish comments. A lot of people are saying, are going out and doing these hate crimes. They're saying these hate speech or whatever towards Jewish people. When Kanye is not saying that because they made it seem like the man was saying that now they're trying to say that he's behind this. And a lot of people that they, oh, they're like, Kanye was right. But these are people that are not necessarily, they don't like Jews at all. And I don't like that. And if he has to go back and apologize for anything or not even apologize, basically make known his stance on it. I think it should be that is that. No, I do not dislike Jewish people and all Jewish people are not the problem. But the Jewish media and the Jewish entertainment that is pushing this upon our black community to act like this. And you know what? There was an interview that Charlemagne the God did. Um, where he interviewed one of the executives and he basically asked the same questions that Kanye was talking about. Kanye, you know, talking about the Jewish people, they, they, they promote this in the black community. And Charlemagne did an interview with one of the executives and asked him about, you know, the drugs and the, uh, the language that is being, that's in these, um, in this, in this music. And the executive basically said, nah, he don't rock with that. He's, he basically said it's wrong. He, he said it's very, almost evil and, and, um, very detrimental to, uh, a society or people. And Charlemagne said, well, well, why you, um, why you promote it? And he says, well, I have people to feed. I have mouths to feed. And I have to, you know, and I have bills to pay. And Charlemagne said, well, it sounds like you've been a little hypocritical there. And, but my thing is, so is Kanye wrong? So is Kanye wrong? Nobody asking that question. Everybody want to talk about what he said because it offends a group of people. And want to say he's being racist because it offends a group of people. But nobody's asking the question, is he right or is he wrong? Because if what he's saying is right, then maybe he isn't racist. But if he's saying what he's saying is wrong, which at this point, I don't think he is wrong. Because a lot of other people in the industry is saying the same thing, including 
uh, Joe, Joe Brown, Judge Joe Brown, maybe it isn't. I'm just saying, maybe it isn't too far-fetched. Maybe we need to look at this. Maybe we need to see how much of it is it that our Black people want to do what they're doing in the entertainment business versus how much is being forced upon them to do by people that are in ownership of these companies. And whether or not you say, well, it's just those people. It is those, it happens to be those people that are Jewish forcing or press upon only black people to do it this way for whatever agenda they have. And that is what Kanye is trying to say. And I don't know if I fully agree about how he goes about it. And I don't know how much I believe is actually true, but I believe some of it is true after listening to all sides of it. So we have to have the discussion. And I think that's where he wants. Let's have the discussion. But we're not getting there. Hey, your auntie gotta go. But I'll be stopping by later on this week. Don't worry about it. Make sure you um subscribe so you'll know when I stop by. But before I leave, I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and vote this year. If you have not already registered to vote, go ahead and do that. And if you are worried about voting, you know you're never going to get over that until you vote. So just go ahead. If it's your first time, just go ahead and make this year the year that you decide that you're going to vote. In a lot of different cities and states, there is early voting happening now. Get informed on what's going on in your city and state. Bye-bye. God bless.